Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Man, it is so good to be back in the house tonight. Uh, again, introduced myself earlier, but my name is Pastor Brian, your Costa Mesa campus pastor. And uh, I have the honor of being able to lead us in the Word tonight in, in our teaching at our first Wednesday this November. Um, and uh, we, we're excited. I'm excited. Shout out to all of you joining us on our online campus. Our online campus has held it down for the last eight months. Come on, give it up for our broadcast team, keeping us all connected um, with, with all of the, the, the COVID restrictions and things that are going on. Our online campus team has helped keep all of you guys connected to the house, to the heartbeat of the house, uh, but most importantly, connected, connected to Jesus and, and growing in your walk with God, because that is the goal at the end of the day. For all of us, our desire, our goal, our purpose is to continue to grow in our walk with Jesus. Okay, our, our, our goal as, as men and women is to become more Christ-like each and every day, in each and every moment, in each and every conversation, in each and every season, that God, we would reflect more of your character. And so you guys are here tonight. It's good to have you guys back in the building, our first our first midweek in the building in eight months, long overdue, but we're here and we're ready. I uh, want to honor our lead pastors, Pastor Sai and Pastor Marie. Uh, before we do get started, our lead pastors, we're coming out of Pastors Appreciation Month, but how many of you guys know our pastors deserve more than a month of appreciation for all that they do day in and day out? I've been with our pastors now here at Freedom House for about 10 years, on staff for eight, um, eight and a half, and just... Seeing all that goes in, all that goes into church. I remember when I first came on staff, my mom's like, what do you do on staff at a church? You guys just like pray all day? And I'm like, I wish that would be easy if that was all we had to do uh, on a daily basis. But there is so much that goes in uh, towards continuing to lead the church forward. And they, they just give sacrificially of, of their family time, sacrificially of their marriage time, sacrificially of their heart. Um, and so Pastor Sai, Pastor Ray, we honor you tonight. And I honor you for allowing me to be able to share the word. Um, yeah, tonight at our first Wednesday. Shout out to my wife and my children who are at home. We got my, uh, my son, Micah, turns three years old this Friday. We got four kids now. We had our, our baby girl, Hope, right at the beginning of all of this pandemic. Literally had her on Sunday, March 8th, and um, we went into precaution mode and all of that the following weekend. So she has definitely been a blessing for us over the last eight months. She's now eight months old. Um, and her name is Hope, which I think has, has definitely been a, something that we have needed throughout these eight months. And it's something that we're going to need as we continue to go forward is hope. You know, we're definitely living right now in some turbulent times. Okay, we're living in times that, that are unsettled. <clears throat> there is unrest. There is uneasiness. You know, what's going on uh, with this COVID stuff? What's going on with, with the injustice? What's going on in society? What's going on with this whole electoral process that is taking place? Um, and, and we could make light of it and we could joke about it, but the truth is there's a lot of people that are deeply, deeply affected tonight. And maybe that's you. You came in here and, and, and it's hard for you to find rest for your soul. It's, high, it's hard for you to, to find rest for your spirit. It's hard for you to, to sleep at night. Maybe it's hard for you to, to, to go to work on a daily basis. Well, tonight we're going to talk about how it doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter which political party is in office. It doesn't matter okay, what, 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 what justice systems are in place. It doesn't matter what, what, what the government says. What matters is that Jesus is still on the throne. And as long as Jesus is on the throne, I know some of you are like, but I don't know. I know some of you are like, well, I, I, I don't know. I think it does matter who, who's in office. And, and, and don't get me wrong. It's, yes, are we involved in it? Yes, we're involved in it. But at the end of the day, over the course of time, if you read the Bible that we're going to be talking about tonight, it didn't matter who was the king. It didn't matter who was the judge. It didn't matter who was the one making the decisions for the land. God always made the decisions from heaven. I'll say it again in case you didn't hear it. It didn't matter who was making decisions on the land. God was always making the decisions from heaven. Psalm 46 is the text we're going to read tonight. 
verses one through 11. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Say it with me. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is, the, is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. Somebody needs to say that tonight. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Verse 10 says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And if he is God, then guess what? It says, I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that he is God and that he will be exalted in the earth. No matter what virus is out and around, no matter, no matter what, what injustice and, and what societal issues we may be having, no matter what marital issues you may be going through, no matter who, who gets elected to office, Jesus will be exalted in the earth. Jesus will be exalted in the earth. And for those of us that call ourselves Christians and that are in the house and we say, Jesus, we believe in you, that is what matters the most. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, is our fortress. I want to minister a message titled tonight, pray more and fear less. Pray more, fear less. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you right now for your church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your creation, God. This is yours. This land is yours. This country is yours. These people are yours and you are our fortress. So God, we find rest in you tonight. We find rest in your word. We find rest in your presence. Would your Holy Spirit come and breathe? Come and breathe on us here tonight. Give us understanding. Give us peace and remind us that you sit enthroned in the heavens forevermore. In Jesus' name, somebody say, amen, amen. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, pray more, fear less. Pray more and fear less. You know, there's a lot of questions that are out right now that if we're honest, in our humanity, whenever there are more questions than there are answers, uh, there is unrest, there is, there is confusion, there is uneasiness, there is division, um, and, 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 and we're, we're surrounded right now in our humanity and in society and in this country, we're surrounded with a lot of questions. Will, will my kids be home permanently? Will they ever go back to school? Will I get my job back? Will my marriage make it through this? Will my marriage last another week? Will my marriage last another month? Will my family make it through this? Will, will my, my family members that are battling addiction Will they make it through this? Will my family ever love each other again? Will they ever forgive each other again? Will we ever be united again? Will I always have to wear this mask anytime I want to go eat at a restaurant? We're, we're surrounded. We, we live right now in, in, in times where we have more questions in, in the natural sense than we have answers or have solutions to. And when we have more questions, it, it, life can seem unbalanced. It can seem fragile. It can seem uneasy. But I came to tell you tonight. I came to encourage you tonight. I came to remind you here tonight that it doesn't matter 
Because Jesus doesn't rely on a political party. Jesus doesn't rely on the government. Jesus doesn't rely on what's going on in society, what's taking place, what's not taking place, what justices are being uh, enacted or, or what injustice is taking place. Jesus does not rely on those things. Jesus is still the Messiah. He is still our savior. He is still enthroned in heaven. The earth is still his footstool. And it does not matter what answers or what solutions we have in the natural sense because he is still at work. He is still on the throne and his throne is eternal. As believers, we need, we need to absorb this. This needs to be what, what we remind ourselves of daily because if we don't, and we constantly remind ourselves of the questions that we don't have answers to, then what we will do is we will drive ourselves crazy. Our natural man, okay, or woman, when I say man, I mean our humanity, but our natural man is only, only has the ability to carry so much. It only has the ability to reason so much. It only has, ha, has the ability to, to figure out so much. That's where our spirit comes in. That's where our faith comes in. That's where our trust comes in. Not in, not in the natural sense, not, not our trust in, in policies and our trust in government and our trust in parties and our trust in, in, in doctors, which, which all of those things are, are, they have their role, okay? And they have their peace. And, and we do have the benefit of living in a country where we do have freedoms and, and we do get to vote and we do get to, to do these certain things, okay? So they do have their peace, but that's not where our trust lies. If we find ourselves as believers putting, putting our trust and our faith in these human systems that we've created, then what will happen is we will find ourselves losing sleep, we will find ourselves losing rest, and we will find ourselves crushed. But we don't want to get to that point. Okay, like Paul says, we're, we're, we're surrounded and we're, we're, we're perplexed and we're we have pressure on every side, but we are not crushed. Well, why would Paul say something like that? Because Paul knows that our faith and our trust is not in what we create with our own hands, with our own minds, but our faith and our trust is in that Jesus created the heavens and the earth, that he is in control, that he is sovereign, that he is provident, that there is nothing that is taking place that he has not ordained and that he has not allowed. And so if that is the question, and, and, and if that is where our faith is at, let me say it better. If that is where our faith is at, then the question that we must ask ourselves is, what is God trying to reveal to us today? What is it that God wants to show to us? Where, what, what, what is it that, that God is trying to grow in us individually, trying to grow in us as a church, corporately, globally? What is it that God is doing? Because God is always at work, okay? And God is always on the move, but we will not find those questions. We will not find the answers to that question if we don't seek him, if we don't put him first. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and seven, I know we're about a month early because it's typically a scripture that we reference in December, but I think it's pertinent here tonight. It says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. There will be no end. I will say it again. The increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end end. Online, I'm here to tell you tonight, don't get caught up in, in everything that's going on. Don't get caught up. You, you've, been, you've already, go ahead and, and turn off, turn off your news channel. Okay. You've been watching too much of it already. Okay. It is time. It is time now to remind ourselves of where our trust lies, of where our hope comes from. That when Jesus came, he came and he established an eternal government. He came and he established an eternal peace. Okay, that, that no political party, that no virus, that no injustice, that no racism, that, that nothing can take away from us. We just have to remember where to put our faith 
and where to put our trust. Point number one tonight, we're talking about praying more and fearing less. We have to know that God has not moved. And if God has not moved, therefore we remain steady. If God has not moved, then we remain steady. Right now, we, we live in a, in a society that is divided, if we're honest with ourselves. Everybody's rallying around something, but they're not rallying together. They're rallying against one another. They're rallying against one another when it comes to the, 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 this, this coronavirus. They're, they're rallying against one another when it comes to, to, to human rights and, and injustice and racism. They're rallying against one another when it comes to policies. They're rallying against one another when it comes to this election. God ordained his people to be in unity, to be in unity, to be together, to reside in a government that will not be shaken, to reside in a government that will not end, to have a peace that has no end, to have a peace that cannot be shaken. Psalm 45, 6 says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. Psalm 26 to 8, it says, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Some trust in their vote. Some trust in policy. Some trust in the the local judicial system. It says, But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now, I need you to understand, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. Okay, we've we've been saying all along, it's important to be involved in what is taking place. It's important to be involved in, in, in the election process. It's important to stand up for those that have no voice. It's important, okay, to, to, to be conduits of unity. It's important to, to, to build bridges and, 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 and not divide. But we have to know at the end of the day, we have to know that our trust does not rely in the things that our hands make. Our trust does not rely in the things that our minds make. Okay, systems will come and go. Systems will come and go, but the Lord is eternal. We've been talking about on Sundays, we've been talking about the comeback, we've been talking about Ezekiel and and the valley of dry bones and when we, when we talk about that and, and, and we've been going through that is sometimes what, what, what can be overlooked is why they, were a val- why they were an army of dry bones to begin with. You see, the nation of Israel had been raised up to be a strong nation, a nation that all other nations and all other countries and all other people would envy so that they would know that the God that, that the Israelites serve is the God of all. But what happened is, because the people became so prosperous, because the Israelites became so good at what they did, is they began to trust the work of their own hands and no longer put their trust in God. And so God would remind them and say, look, don't just trust in what you're putting together. Don't trust in your own systems. Your trust has to reside in me. The glory has to come to me. It's not about you. It's about me. It's not about, I'll say it again, it's not about who's in office. It's not about who's making the decisions here on earth. God is the one that gets the glory in everything that takes place. But the Israelites had lost sight of that. They had got distracted because if we're honest, they were good. For some of us, we're good at what we do. Okay, you're good at what you do. You're good at understanding what's going on with the government right now. You're good at, 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 your, at, your, at your craft. You're good at being a businessman. You're good at being a teacher. You're good at raising your family. But we as believers, we have to be the ones that self-reflect and say, I don't want to be good in my own eyes. I don't want to just be good in my own mind. I don't want to just appear to be good to all those that are around me. I want to make sure that I'm in right standing with God because he is the government that I rely on. He is the Lord that I rely on. He is the one that dictates the course of my life. He is the one that dictates the, 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 the course of my heart. He's the one that dictates where my thought goes. He's the one that dictates where my, where my words go, how I speak, how I respond. He says, some trust 
in chariots and seven horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. We rise and stand upright. Over the course of these last eight months, did, did some, were there a lot of questions that seemed to have no answer? Was there a lot of uncertainty? Sure, there was. Not being able to gather together in person on Sundays or on Wednesdays. Not knowing, can I go to my friend's house? Can I not go to my friend's house? Can I go to my family member's house? Can I not go to my family member's house? There was grandparents that were dying. There were parents that, that were passing away and, and, and you couldn't even attend a funeral. So there was a lot of uncertainty and uneasiness. But you want to know what the church did? The church rose up and it stood upright. The church said, you know what? We're, we're, not, we're not going to, to, to take a step back. We're not, we're not going to lose our confidence in who's on the eternal throne, but we're going to rise up. We're going to answer the needs of the community. We can't gather in person, no problem. We'll go out and we'll, we'll take the need to the people. We'll, we'll meet their need where they're at. We'll set up a car line every Sunday at seven o'clock in the morning and, and have it going till noon in the after, till 12 noon. Over 17,000 families were affected by that. Over 17,000 families had, had groceries, received some type of goods from us. Backpacks and, 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 and homeschooling items were provided for those that are in need. Now, where we, could, where we have to be careful is like the Israelites, and sometimes we could say, well, well, that's all good and stuff, but, but we just kind of put that together with our own hands. And that's where, where we have to, to be careful of how we are receiving what God is doing in the current season that we're in. As I said, God is always at work. God is always doing something. God, God was not put on pause because coronavirus was making its way through the United States of America. Okay, it wasn't like, like, Jesus, like Jesus, hold on, pause. You can't do anything right now because, because this, this, this COVID is going on. No, Jesus was in it as the COVID was going on, the same way that the Israelites, as they were taken into Babylonian captivity during the time of Ezekiel, God was still working in them. That God had allowed them to go into that captivity. Okay, for some of, I, I know it, it doesn't quite fit with what we would have wanted to happen, but God has allowed 2020 to be 2020. Okay, God has allowed this election to be this election. God has allowed these things, and I know that that could be tough for us to, to, to swallow or to wrap our mind around, but again, it's not for us to wrap our mind around. It's for us to put our trust and our faith in God and say, okay, God, if you're allowing it to happen, how do you want me to respond to it? How do you want me to grow through it? What is it that you're trying to do in me? What is it that you're trying to do in my marriage? What are you trying to do in my family, in my community? Because if you're allowing it, then there has to be a purpose through it. But know that God has not moved. God hasn't moved. And if God hasn't moved, then we can remain steady. We can remain steady because his government has no end. His peace has no end. His throne is eternal. We need to, we, we need to ingest that into our spirit tonight, okay? His throne is eternal. He will not be up for election. He will not be voted out. He has the victory that when he rose from the grave that he already won. Okay, we live in victory. We live victorious. There is nothing that can take that victory from us. So if there's nothing that can take that victory from us, we can't allow the enemy to steal our victory here on earth. Okay, we can't allow uh, an election. We can't allow a, a virus. We can't allow social unrest to steal our victory. How do we allow the enemy to steal our victory is we respond with division. We point the finger at one another. As I said, we have a lot of people rallying right now, but they're rallying against one another. That is the enemy's attempt to distract us. That is the enemy's attempt to throw us off, to keep our mind from, and, our, and our heart and our eyes from being focused on Jesus and being focused on one another. When we put our eyes on one another and we start to point the finger at one another, you want to know who doesn't get the glory in that? God. You want to know who doesn't receive our praise in that? God. Because God wants his people to be united. 
Jeremiah 17, seven and eight, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. It's similar to the Psalms passage we read for TNO. It says, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. Guess what? The heat is here. You are, we're, we're living in some hot times as a, as a people. Okay, we're living in some hot times as a society. I know I mentioned that, that God has allowed this to take place, but we haven't all responded the way that, that God would have wanted us to respond if we're honest with ourselves. If we're honest with ourselves. Okay, some of us is like, well, church is closed. I ain't gonna pay attention anyway. Some of us are like, ah, oh, well, I don't gotta, I don't gotta go serve, then uh, I'm just gonna tune out. Because God only speaks to you in a building. No, but it's okay. It's okay because God is gracious and God is good and his, and his peace has no end and his throne has no end. And it says, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green. Its leaves remain green. That means that you will not disintegrate. You will not crumble. That even when things seem to be falling apart around you, that God keeps us steady. That God gives us an endurance and a strength to keep going forward. It says, and it is not anxious in the year of drought. It is not anxious in the year of 2020. It is not anxious in an election year. It is not anxious during the midst of a virus. It is not anxious during when, when our kids cannot go to school. It is not anxious when our marriage can't seem to have a simple conversation. It is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. That when your faith and your trust is in Jesus, when your faith and your trust is in the throne of heaven, and not in the throne of earth, the throne of this land, the throne of our feelings, the throne of our emotions, the throne of our need to be right. But when our trust is in the throne of Christ, we do not cease to bear fruit. We do not cease to bear fruit. Point number two, how we respond matters. How we respond matters. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 to 39, it says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Tell your neighbor, I'm not throwing away my confidence today. It says, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance. Anybody been in need of endurance the last eight months? I'll raise my hand first. Y'all are better than me. It says, do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Another translation says, but we are not of those that shrink back, but we are not of those that shrink back. I'll say it again, that we are not of those that shrink back. Some of you, you need to repeat that to yourself every day when you wake up. I am not of those that shrink back. Not because I'm strong, but because I know where my faith and my trust lies. I know who holds my future. I know who has already written this day. I know who has already sealed my victory. I know who has already ordained the breath in my lungs today. And if we know that that's where our, 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 our faith lies, then we can have confidence. And when we have confidence, guess what? We have endurance. So that when we do meet various trials, as James would say, that when we meet various trials, not just one trial, not just certain issues, but when we face every issue, when we face all of the, the issues that come with living in America in 2020, that we will have endurance, that we will have endurance, but our endurance is directly connected to our confidence in who is on the throne. I mentioned the message, the title of this message is pray more and fear less. You want to know 
one indicator of where your confidence lies? You want to know one indicator of, of if you believe that Jesus is really on the throne? How often have you spoke with him? How often has he heard from you? Because if we are confident that he is our eternal savior, that he cares about us, that he is with us, that his spirit lives inside of us, then that means that he hears us when we lift our voices to him, that when we get on our knees and we pray, that when we're driving to work and we pray, that when we're at our desk and we pray, that when we're walking, when you're exercising because you got to work off that COVID weight and you're praying, that he hears us. And the evidence, the evidence of our confidence that he hears us is how often we pray. So don't, don't, add, don't, don't shout it out, but ask yourself, what's your prayer life look like lately? Because how we respond matters. And our first response as believers always has to be prayer. Because if we are not making decisions and we're not responding out of prayer, then we're responding out of our flesh. If we're not responding out of prayer, then we're responding out of our flesh. Pastor talked about it this Sunday. Don't just vote, but pray before you vote. And then pray after and keep praying. Some of you maybe went to sleep last night because you were upset because you didn't get an answer. But did you wake up and pray? Has it been a part of your prayer today? Will it be a part of your prayer tomorrow? The Bible tells us in, in 2 Timothy, it says, soldiers, good soldiers, don't get entangled in civilian pursuits. Good soldiers don't get entangled in civilian pursuits. Well, Pastor, what is that? What, what is a civilian pursuit, okay? A civilian pursuit is anything that, that we're trying to take into our own hands. A civilian pursuit is, is, is anything that, that, that we don't have control of, but yet we try to take control over. A civilian pursuit is, is trying to take control over what God's already ordained. It's being distracted. It's being more focused on, on what's happening on the news and, and what the next update is than being focused in, in our prayer life. If we're honest with ourselves, we spend more time Googling COVID, we spend more time Googling remedies, we spend more time Googling uh, uh, you know, uh, election candidates and what their policies are and all of this, and, and we, can re we can recite all of it back. We know exactly what symptoms to look for. We know how much time you need if you do contract it. You know where to go get a test. We know all that stuff. But our, our prayers haven't, had the same amount of attention. Our prayers haven't even had equal amount of time. As believers, that is one of the things that Jesus died for. He died, of course, for us and for our salvation. But when he died and rose again, he also tore the veil so that we could have direct relationship with God that you would no longer have to rely on somebody else praying for you, but you can pray and have relationship and have intimacy with God all by yourself. So when we talk about prayer, it, prayer is, is not just something we do as a recreation. Prayer is at the center of our faith. It's literally what connects us to the Christ that gives us life. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to pray a little bit more tonight. When Jesus rose from the grave, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter one that he spent 40 days. He spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them. It says about the kingdom, teaching them about the kingdom. He spent 40 days just, just downloading this to them because he knew that he was gonna ascend back into heaven. And he wanted to make sure that they were equipped to handle now the road that was in front of them, to handle the purpose of which they had become, that he had picked them to be his disciples to begin with. And it says that they have a question for him. In chapter one, verse six, it says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father has fixed 
by his own authority. So in other words, let, let me contextualize it for you a little bit. They're at, like, God, are you going to, to restore the American government for us? Are you, are you going to bring back righteousness to the American government? God, are you going to restore our land and get rid of this COVID? God, are you going to restore all of the, 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 the injustice and, and, and the racism? Are, are, you going to, are you going to take away and you're going to restore peace and take away this violence? If we could contextualize it to what we're going through today, that's what they were asking him. God, are you once again going to restore your throne here on earth? Are you going to restore your throne here in America? And this is what he says. He says, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. He says, but, but you will receive power. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now I need you to see something. He didn't say you'll be my witnesses when the kingdom is established. He says that while, the king, while you still don't know the times or the seasons and you still can't figure out what's going on, guess what? My Holy Spirit is going to come and be upon you and be within you so that in the middle of a pandemic, so that in the middle of social unrest, that in the middle of injustice, that in the middle of a, of a broken government system, guess what? You still get to be my messengers. You still get to be the ones that carry the authority of the Holy Spirit inside of you. That you get to take that into your community. That you get to take that into your marriage. You get to take that into your family, into your workplace. That you get to be my witnesses. Regardless of if things turned out the way you wanted to or not. That's what matters most here tonight, church. This is the world that we live in tonight. It's, it's God's world. It's his creation. Christ is still on the throne. We can't, we can't lose our confidence. We can't shrink back. We have to know that the, that the purpose that we live for is to go and make disciples, to raise up a generation after the heart of God that will do all of his will, regardless of what political party has power in the Senate, regardless of who has majority in, in, in the House, regardless of who's in the Oval Office, regardless of, of health conditions, regardless of what's going on, that we would still be his witnesses, that we would be the conduit of others coming to find their salvation, to find their rest, to find their peace in Jesus. Because the reality is, is God doesn't just want us to put our trust and our faith in Jesus and then, and then kick back. God wants us to put our faith and our trust in Jesus so that we can go, so that we can go out. The benefit of putting our faith and our trust in Jesus is that we can now move freely without fear, that we don't have to be scared because we know who holds our future. We know who lives inside of us. We know where our help comes from. It comes from the Lord. Acts chapter three, verses one through eight. This is now after Jesus had ascended back into heaven and the Holy Spirit had fallen on the disciples. It says there's about a hundred that were gathered together and the Holy Spirit fell on them. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer that even though they had just been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that even though they just had this amazing encounter with God, what did they prioritize? Prayer. It says they were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from his birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. It says to ask alms of those entering the temple. Essentially, he was asking for for, for some type of food or some type of, of money. And it says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. It says, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John. And they said, look at us. It says, and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. 
You don't have to go very far to find somebody in your community, in your workplace, maybe in your home that is hurting right now. Different issues. For some, it is this electoral process. For some, it is COVID. For some, it is not being able to go to school. For some, it's an issue in their marriage. For some, it's an issue in their family. It's a relational issue. It's, it's, it, it's, it's a mental health issue. It's, a, it's an anxiety. It's a depression. It's a, all of these different emotions that have been built up over the last eight months that we don't have to look far to see somebody who is hurting and looking for help. Somebody that is looking for something to be given to them. Okay, and as I mentioned, we spent the last seven months, we spent a good seven months giving groceries and giving Bibles and, 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 and school supplies and, and, and whatever we could give to meet the need of the community, we were, we were given that, okay? But those would all just be good deeds if we didn't give them the most important thing. It would all just be good deeds unless we gave them the most important thing. And it says that he fixed his eyes and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately... His feet and his ankles were made strong and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that if you you bought somebody groceries over the last eight months, that is a great thing to do. That if if you encourage somebody with with an Instagram post, that's a good thing to do. Okay, it's good. I'm not not demeaning that or, or overlooking those things. But are we, as God's witnesses, giving the most important thing? The thing that, that money and that, that silver and gold, that, that, that money, that groceries, that school supplies can't buy, can't bring. Are we giving Jesus to a hurting nation? Are we giving Jesus to a hurting world, to a hurting society, to a hurting people? Because how we respond matters. Paul could have said, hey, look, Peter could have said, sorry, not Paul. Peter could have said, look, I don't got no money. I got nothing for you today. But he says, look, I may not have what you think you're looking for, but I have what you need. And you may not have what you think people are looking for. You may not have the answers to the electoral process. You may not have the answers to COVID. You may not have the answers to everybody's marriage. You may not have the answers to everybody's relational issues. But what you do have as a believer and a follower of Jesus is the Holy Spirit living within you. You have the message of the gospel. You have the saving grace. You have the saving gospel message that will give people life. That is what God wants us to give. That is how God wants us to respond. He doesn't want us to respond in fear. He doesn't want us to to add to, to the anxiety, to add to the worry, to add to the depression, to add to the unrest and the unsettling feeling. But he wants us to bring the one person that can fix it all, that can bind up the wounds, that can bind up the heart, that can restore, that can revive, that can make new again. And that is Jesus. That is who we, as a, as a followers of Jesus, as the corporate church, that's who we're called to witness for. That's how we're called to respond. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to respond. Point number three. Point number three is we come to close here tonight. We know that if God has not moved, then we remain steady. 
We know that how we respond matters. Now, point number three, we have to let heaven come through us. We have to let heaven come through us. Our prayers matter. How we align our prayers and how we focus our prayers, that matters also. How do we know that? Because when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, how do we pray? This is how they responded in Matthew chapter six. It says, he's, Jesus says, but when you pray, he says, go into your room and shut the door. In other words, he's saying, don't be distracted. Okay, if we're honest, some of us pray for 15 seconds and then we start thinking about what we had for breakfast or we start thinking about what we're gonna have for dinner. Or we start thinking, did that check clear? Did that check go through? Did my kid do their homework last night? He says, go into your room and shut the door. He says, get to a place where you're not going to get distracted. Get to a place where your prayers can be intentional because when your prayers are intentional, they're effective. When your prayers have purpose and direction, they're effective. When you pray intentionally over the names of your family members, they're effective. When you pray intentionally over your marriage, it's effective. Not just, Lord, bless my marriage, God. No, 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 Lord. Bring back intimacy. Bring back love. Give us a spirit of forgiveness. Give us grace, Lord. May we be reminded of why we made this covenant to one another. And would you restore our marriage? Would you heal our marriage? Intentionality matters. So he says, go into your room and shut the door. He says, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. In other words, it doesn't matter how eloquent your vocabulary is. Okay? It doesn't matter if, if, if when you pray it's an essay or if when you pray it's a paragraph. But what matters is, are they focused? Are they intentional? And it says... Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. It says, pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He instructs the disciples that when they pray, to pray for the will of heaven to be done, for the, the kingdom of heaven to be established. I don't know about you, but I think if we would just align some of our prayers with heaven and not with our selfishness, we might see a little bit more productivity with our prayer life. That if we would ask God, God, allow me to respond to society in a way that aligns with heaven and not in a way that aligns with my political party, guess what? We probably have a lot more unity in this house tonight. That if we prayed and said, God, align my prayers with heaven, align my heart with heaven and not with how I feel about wearing a mask or not, we would probably have a lot more unity in this house tonight. God, align my heart Align my heart with, with the hurt of your people and not with who I think is exaggerating or not. We'd probably see a lot more unity tonight. Your will be done, God. May it be established here on earth as it is in heaven. You want to know what's not happening in heaven right now? They're not worried about who's going to be the president. They're not worried about who got elected to office in, in your local government. They're, the, they're not worried about COVID, okay? They're not, they're not fighting over who gets the most attention in heaven. You don't know what's happening in heaven right now? They're in unity. They're singing their praises and their worship together in unity. You want to know why? Because they know that that's what matters. That our worship of Jesus 
is what matters. That how we reflect him is what matters. That it's not about our own views. It's not about our own selfishness. It's not about our own insecurities. It's not about those things. It is about Jesus. It is about being his witness. It's about establishing his kingdom here on earth. Because when that is our focus and that is our mission and that is our attention, that has our attention, guess what? Heaven moves through us. Heaven moves through us, but heaven will not move through us if we're being divisive. Heaven will not move through us if we're being selfish. Heaven will not be moved through us if we're seeking our own will and not the will of the Father. They contradict one another. God wants us to be more concerned. God wants us to have more zeal. God wants you to have more passion. He probably wants a little bit more social media posts from you about the kingdom of heaven than he does about your preferences. And again, I'm not condemning any of it, okay? I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. But take it from me. I got a little bit of experience, okay? I know what it's like to go through Bible college and feel like, well, I know what the Bible says, and so I'm going to let everybody know, and I'm going to let them people on Facebook know when they're wrong, and I'm going to go, man, I used to get in like 65 comment back and forth on Facebook. Some of y'all are like, man, that was last night. I know, that's why we're talking about it, okay? It doesn't lead people to Jesus. What I had to realize is, even though I was talking about the Bible, I was just trying to prove my own point. I wasn't trying to establish the kingdom of heaven. I was trying to prove my own point. God doesn't want us to prove our own point. He wants us to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. And sometimes we have to offer the sacrifice on behalf of the people that don't share the same preferences. don't have the same hobbies, who don't think the same way that we do, but guess what? They're still a child of God. And if they're a child of God, then guess what? We live in the same home. All the parents in here, you know that what you want most in your home is unity. That when your home is not in unity, there is no peace. God wants his people to live in unity. We just read how Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. But in John 17, in Jesus' prayer now for his people, for us, he says, God, may they be one. And may others see that you are the one and only God through their unity. When we're not in unity as a church, we distort the reflection that God wants to make through us. That is when Jesus says to be my witness. That is what he is referring to. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. Not so we could proclaim our own excellencies, but so that we could proclaim the excellencies of the one who has brought us out of darkness. 2 Corinthians 5.20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. God making his appeal through us. You're more than an ambassador for your political party. You're more than an ambassador for your country. You're more than an ambassador for your sports team. And trust me, that's saying a lot because I'm a huge sports fan. But you wanna know where I was at? During game six of the NBA Finals, I was right here in the house of God because I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm an ambassador for Christ. And if I'm an ambassador for Christ and I represent heaven, I don't represent LA, I don't represent Orange County, I don't represent, represent the United States of America, I represent Christ. And that has more weight than any country, any nationality, any ethnicity, any race. We are one humanity under God. 
Whether we recognize it or not, we are one humanity under God. We all were birthed and given life into this earth, not just this nation, but into this earth by our heavenly father. Not just our earthly parents, but by our heavenly father. Second Timothy 2.4, I shared this with you earlier, but it, it bears repeatance. It says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Can I tell you who's, who's enlisted you tonight? Can I tell you who's given you new life? Can I tell you who's brought you out of your sin, who's brought you out of your addiction, who's brought you out of your past, who's given you forgiveness, who's given you grace? Can I tell you who it is that has put you here in Orange County, that has allowed you to be here tonight? Can I let you know who's enlisted you? It's Jesus. It's only Jesus. And whether you've recognized it that way or not up until this point, it doesn't nullify that he's the one that has brought us here tonight. It doesn't. Maybe this is your first time attending a church service. Maybe this is the first time tuning in to a church service and you're like, well, I've never even thought of it that way. But that's the way. That's what's happening. Because there is nothing that is outside the reach of his hand. There is nothing that is outside the realm of his understanding. There is nothing that is taking place today that is outside the reach of his government, his eternal government, his everlasting government. But how we respond matters. How we respond matters. Heaven wants to come and move through us, not just tonight, not just at a church service, but when you get home, heaven wants to move through you. In your marriage, heaven wants to move through you. In your workplace, heaven wants to move through you. In your schools, heaven wants to move through you. But I'm on Zoom, good. Heaven wants to move through that Zoom class too. Heaven wants to move through that Zoom meeting that you have for work. Heaven wants to move through those that are coming to you with anxiety and worry and depression and fear. Heaven wants to move through you to reach them. It's not just about us. It's not about our comfort, but it's about God saying, no, 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 you're an ambassador. Meaning that you don't just live for yourself, but you go and, and you share about the country that you come from. Okay, and this country is not an earthly country, but this, this home and, and this throne is in heaven. And if you're an ambassador for Christ and you're an ambassador for heaven, then guess what? Your purpose is to go and save souls, to make disciples, to raise up a generation after the heart of God. And it's going to happen regardless of, of who wins the election. It's going to happen regardless of, of how long this pandemic lasts. It's going to happen regardless of any social injustice. Heaven is still going to be established. So rather than getting caught up in, in all of what is going on around us, our focus has to be God. What, what are you doing in me? What do you want to do through me? I'm, I don't want to get caught in the distractions. I don't want to get caught in the civilian pursuits. I don't want to get caught in anything that is not of you. But it's going to start with prayer. It's going to start with prayer. Why don't you stand your feet with me here tonight, church? I'll say it again, Hebrews 10. We are not of those who shrink back. We are not of those who shrink back because we know where our confidence comes from. And we know that our confidence gives us endurance. And so because we're confident in where our endurance and where our strength and where our peace comes from, then God, we're going to put our trust in you tonight. We're going to pray tonight. We're going to intercede tonight. We're going to pray specific prayers, intentional prayers tonight. And not just tonight, but tomorrow when we wake up, God, we're going to pray intentional prayers because we know that when we pray more, we fear less. When we pray more, we fear less. You want to know why Peter had the courage to be able to tell that man to rise up and walk? Because he was in prayer. Because he was in prayer. 
You want to see people rise up and walk in their faith? You want to see people rise out of their depression, rise out of their anxiety? Get into your prayer closet. Take up a posture of prayer. Get on your knees. Close the door. Turn off your phone. Turn off the distractions. Turn off the light if you have to. And allow God to speak to you. Because prayer is not just about us speaking to God. Prayer is about God also imparting and speaking to us. So right now, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your people tonight, Lord. I thank you that you have a people, Lord, that is after your heart, that wants your will, that wants to see heaven come and move through them here tonight, Lord God. We pray that right now, Lord, that you would respond to us, Lord. That we would be ambassadors of your throne. We would be ambassadors of your kingdom. That we would be conduits and carriers of your grace, of your mercy, of your forgiveness, of your love, of your unity, God. We humble ourselves tonight, Lord. We're sorry, God, that we haven't spent as much time in prayer, but we're here tonight, Lord. So would you hear us? Would you speak to us? Would you move here tonight? In Jesus' name, come on, let's sing this. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.